Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sex Talk. This is episode six, and I have just been looking at Instagram while I've been waiting for somebody else to join the chat. She's never tardy, by the way, but she was one minute late today. So I read this by Snoop Dogg, which I thought was hilarious. He's handwritten this thing, um, which I thought is just so true. It's got being famous on Instagram is a bit like being rich at Monopoly. A hundred percent. Isn't it like that? I quite like him. He does wine, a wine range in Australia, which is really, really good. He makes an excellent Chardonnay. What was the name? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg. Yeah. You're talking about the rapper? I thought you said yeah, that, but I was like, rapper. is this British <laughs> sex therapist talking about Snoop Dogg? Yeah, he's an actually an amazing businessman. Yeah, who would have thought so? He always talked about too, like, he was ahead of his game. He was like, I'm only friends with people that bring me up. I let go of all the people that were like hanger honors that don't add to my life. Like he was spiritual <laughs> early on when it came to just... Spiritual or ruthless, depending on how you look at it. I mean, both. You have to be both. <laughs> it, was a, it was both. That's great. Yeah, Instagram yeah. is something. I keep waiting to see if it's going to not be a thing someday or if it's going to be a thing. <laughs> I don't know. But it's not nasty, though. I've never had any bad things. Well, actually, I have. I have. When I did that um, Steve Bartlett podcast, Story of a CEO, I got some trolling on that. Yeah. But anyway, what we did get, the other thing nice that happened was we got a lovely letter from a guy that we talked about who's nicknamed himself Bad Husband. And he was saying, am I a bad husband if I go to a nudist beach, if I um, masturbate to porn? And he wrote back and said, thank you, thank you for being so kind to me. He loves all my books, which makes me love him even more. And his wife sounds pretty damn amazing actually yeah. so he's on a good wicket there so that's nice to know that we are helping people Kelsey I mean we are doing God's work right. in the bedroom God's work the bedroom of God work no I loved his I love that he wrote back and you know this is the thing I've realized too and this is what the podcast at least has done for me is it it just opens up a dialogue about things that many of us aren't allowed to talk about or weren't allowed to talk about and it just makes it not such a big deal like it just mm. takes so then you have the ability to explore. If you can talk about it, then you can do it. But if you can't mm -hmm. ever talk about it, it's very hard to do it in bed. So here we are. Here we are today. Here we are. All right. Good questions today. Should we get started? Yep. Okay, here we go. My kids are about to fly the nest and it's just going to be my husband and I. We get on really well, but I know this will mean he will want sex more often. I used to enjoy sex, but now I find I can take it or leave it. 
It doesn't really excite me anymore. And I'm not sure why. How can I get myself more interested? I feel like she's speaking for many, many women. I think too, I'm, my kids are about to go off to college too. And I'm obviously, I have the opposite thing. All I can think about is sex and having <laughs> sex and looking for people to have sex with, although I'm not doing that well in that area. But I think a lot of my friends who are married, who their focus have been on the kids for the last 20 years, and everybody talks about this. Esther Perel talks mm. about this, but I don't have a clue how you do this because I know if I was still married to Nate, I don't know what I would have to do. A lobotomy? to want to have <laughs> sex with my husband after I mean, I met him when I was 19. I mean, you enjoy it, but there's, you're not like excited. Mm. You just, it's like a well, connection. Tell us. Tell I, us I have some things. I have a plan. I have a plan. It's a good plan. So the first thing I think you, we have to move away from, and I say this a lot, but I really wish people would internalize it, is that desire, pleasure, reproduction are not the only three reasons to have sex. And I think if we can get away from this thing that we have to be turned on to have sex, we would be open to having sex a lot more often. And there was this fantastic study done by Cindy Meston, M-E-S-T-O-N, Texan researcher. She's fabulous. And she set out to find out all the reasons why we have sex apart from the obvious three. Do you know how many she came up with? How many? 237. 237 reasons. And they were hilarious. They were everything from it brings me closer to God. I wanted to break up a rival's relationship. It makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel closer to my partner. It makes my partner happy. I liked getting the attention. I want to be popular. I was a bit unsure about that one. I wanted to say thank you. Your motivation for having sex when your kids have left the nest in a very unwoke way are to actually make your partner happy and keep the relationship healthy. Mm. And I'm not saying you should do it for him and he doesn't do stuff back, but in a good relationship, we do this. And what usually happens is if you start to have sex and it's decent sex, you remind yourself of what sex was like when it was great. So you get out of the habit with the kids, then you have to make sex a habit again. So that's point number one. Do you want to say anything or should I go on? Yes. No, I actually do. Thank you so much. You know what? I was thinking about it. For me, like if my husband would unload the dishwasher, I would really look forward to having sex with him because what happened was he did something that turned me on at the time, which mm. was having help for, I think for a lot of women or whatever it is, whatever the woman needs in her marriage and her life, if he gives them that and then she can give sex for that, it becomes a bartering tool that is very healthy. So yeah. you show up for me, you listen to me complain about whatever school, the kids, and then I feel really heard. Now I'm kind of turned on by you because I like you and now I want to have sex with you. That's right. But I do also love the idea that it's not always about having an orgasm. And maybe you yeah. just get naked in bed and you don't have to have this end goal, but keep going, Dr. Yes. Cox. So we were agreeing on that. Now, now the other thing is a very practical approach to this. So say she says sex doesn't excite her, it leaves her cold. I want her to make a list, a very specific list on exactly what she means by that. Because when I asked women for the latest book, Great Sex Starts at 50, they would give this blanket statement, oh, I'm really not interested in sex, right? Blanket statement, just not interested in any sex. Then I'd push them like, why? And they'd say, well, actually, it's because I don't like my body much. Okay, mm -hmm. have sex in the dark, get more compliments. I don't like being hassled for sex. Well, work out an initiation with your husband or partner that works for you. I don't like the time we have sex. We'll do it at a different time. Intercourse hurts. Have sex without intercourse. There are solutions to nearly every single problem, right? And then I say, well, which bits 
didn't you mind having sex? Like, did you, was there anything that you liked? And when pressed, they would usually say, actually, I really liked kissing. Actually, I really liked having my breast stroked, all this sort of stuff. So when I would dare to say, okay, so why don't you do the bits that you do like and not the bits that you don't like? And of course, the universal reaction was, don't be stupid. My husband would never agree to that. You know, if it's not, doesn't include intercourse, then it's not sex. And herein lies the problem because sex is not a package deal. It isn't a package deal. If you want to do X and Y, you don't want to do Z, why can't you just do X and Y? Why do you always have to do Z? And Z is generally intercourse, right? So if we had other types of sex, if we had like, say, you you know, in the average month, you had one session where he pleasured you with a vibrator, another session where you just had oral sex, one time when you gave him oral sex, all these different types of sex, you know, you might have women saying, actually, I quite enjoyed that, didn't like that quite enjoyed that session, didn't like that session. Because intercourse is built into every single session, if a woman doesn't like intercourse, then she says she doesn't like sex. Now, young men, if men would get this through their head and women would understand that they don't have to have intercourse, they can have other types of sex, we would be having a lot more sex. And I think that young guys, they're fighter a bit because they're sort of, you know, intercourse is a big deal for them then. But I tell you what, a lot of the guys that listen to this show, a lot of older guys, they've sort of come around to the fact that desire doesn't have to be, you know, thump, thump, thump. Also, they're in sexless relationships. Now, if you're in a sexless relationship and your partner says to you, I'm happy to have this type of sex, but I'm not happy to have that type of sex. So you've either got the choice of this type of sex or no sex. Most men will say, actually, I'll go for this style of sex. And then what happens is she feels she enjoys sex more, she wants it more, and problem solved. So it's a fairly practical solution that everybody can use. And it's it's kind of makes sense, but it's this obsession that sex has to include intercourse that drives me insane. Yeah, I mean, about two years ago when I started dating somebody and I wasn't on birth control and I didn't have an IUD. And I really, I'm not a huge fan of condoms at this age. I've actually never been. I just don't, it's not my jam. There's got to be a better way. We have to come up with a better way, but that's another podcast. Mm -hmm. But we spent a lot of time not having intercourse, just making out. Now, granted, I'm not making out with my husband, so it's definitely new and exciting. Mm -hmm. but, But we did get more interested in other things so that it didn't have to be this one we weren't always heading towards this one North star of penis, vagina, orgasm. And with that, we were able to just slow down and kind of come in and out of it. So, and I know that's very, very hard to do when you're married. And I, I know I speak from understanding the other side, but I do think French kissing needs to come back big time. There's a reason (laughs) with French kissing. Yeah. Because it's like, it's so intimate, but it's mm. easy. And, and women know. like kissing. Men don't necessarily, I don't think men don't like kissing. They're just eager to get to the other bits. Right. And so like, I don't know. I just think that if we slow down a little bit and just maybe just said, we're going to make out whatever that looks like for 10 minutes. And it's weird at first, but then it gets better. And of course, you know, I believe, and I talked to some girlfriends about this and they don't, but like you have to create a mood. When you're in your 40s and 50s, you can't just like, it can't, it can't be Tuesday at 10 in the bright lights. Mm. 
has it just, there's too much going on in your mind to switch over. So you've got to create some type of music or some type of darkness or some type of- I like a theme. I like a theme. theme. I bet you do. Tracy, what (laughs) theme do you do? But I mean, like, this is why I like it when, I I love scheduled sex, as you know, and this is why I like it when it's each other's turn Mm -hmm. to do something. So then you know that, like, so what are we doing tonight? It's not just a, well, we're doing what we do every other time. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to try this. Oh, okay, we're going to try that. So there's some theme to it, a point to it. Like next week, we're going to try that. So it makes, you can't just serve up the same dish. Imagine if you had to eat the same food every single day. You'd be, you just wouldn't eat. Exactly. And this is what happens with sex. That's what happened to me on my cruise. The buffet <laughs> was the same every day. I stopped eating. It was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Okay. Those cruises, all the different restaurants are exactly the same food. Here we are Italian. And it's like, no, it's not. It's the same as the French restaurant, actually. Just to think about that food makes me want to. <laughs> okay, here we go. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Next question. My husband spent a month cross-dressing. He says he's never going to do it again as I was so upset, and he had never done it previously. Since then, I've noticed that when he is shopping for male clothes, he gets an erection. I'm confused about what this all means. And I am actually confused about so many things right now. And I'm sorry, uh, whoever sent this in, that's a, that's a lot. And that's not mm-hmm. easy. And I'm really confused about the male clothes and the erection. So Yeah. Well... Okay. I have had some experience with cross-dressers, a few funny stories, none of which are politically correct enough to tell here. But there's one guy, I live in Notting Hill in London, there's one guy who everybody knows, and he's fascinating because from the waist up, he's a man, completely a man, like glasses, suit jacket. From the waist down, he always wears like a tutu or a really female skirt. He's with his wife. I haven't seen any kids. No one bats an eyelid. The wife doesn't bat an eyelid, but it's just... It's just such a, it, he's just sort of so much the norm. And I think because of trans and stuff like that, we see so many people, especially if you live in a city, men dressed as women. I mean, women dress as men all, all the time, of course, but you see so many men dressed as women that it's sort of not a big deal anymore. And because of that, there's become this real sort of push to actually separate cross-dressing from transvestism, right? Cross-dressing is just wearing clothes that are generally assigned to a different gender, transvestism is actually getting kicks from it, sexual gratification from it. So I would say, I mean, the average trans person isn't getting their kicks from putting on a a dress because they're just, you know, they're exploring their gender identity. So we need to differentiate between the two. So people who aren't getting sexual kicks are usually exploring their gender identity. They want to know what it feels like to be a woman. They enjoy the feminine side. It can be an escape from stress. 
and I found that quite interesting when I did research that if they put on female clothes, it makes them easier to let go of the responsibilities they feel as a man. Yeah, interesting. One thing I was going to say about that that's really interesting. Women can always dress as men. I know. When we go to offices, we wear a blazer, we wear slacks. We can always, we can wear whatever we want, but it is, it's definitely more taboo. Yeah. It's not fair, is it, for men? Yeah. If a man walks in in a dress. Yeah. It, yeah. Everybody, well, nowadays, I mean, they, you know, it's not such a big deal, especially in, you know, places like New York. But, but the overriding thing that people think when they would find out that their partner is a crossdresser is that they're sexually gay. But in fact, there is nothing, no indication that any type of cross-dressing um, puts you in any type of sexual orientation. There are gay cr cross-dressers, bi cross-dressers, every sexuality you can think of. There, it does not mean that he's gay. So if something like this happens, we need to move away from that. Now, she's saying her husband got an erection yeah. from looking at male clothes, which was interesting. So he's obviously falling into the, the other category, which means it's a sexual fetish. And clothes are the stimulants. So fetish means an obsession with an object, so it's clothes. Most guys like very sort of feminine fabrics like silk or satin, very, you know, things that give them a bit of a thrill. And a hell of a lot of men do a little bit of cross-dressing, which is wearing women's silky underwear under their suits or whatever. And, and it gives them a thrill because it's forbidden. No one knows. And that's about as far as it goes, right? It usually comes from type, some type of early sexual experience. I did a big feature with one cross-dresser guy who was fabulous. When he was 10, he went into his mother's bedroom to have a little bit of a nose around, as you do when you're nosy as a kid, found a drawer of, actually, I think he might have even been younger than that, found a drawer of her silk stockings, stockings, tights, thought they felt amazing, decided to wrap them around his penis, ended up ejaculating and having an orgasm. And that was the first orgasm he ever had. And from then on, linked. He's straight as could be. He's heterosexual. He's got a wife. She understands. And it's just a really strong link. So you're linking your first sexual arousal with women's clothing. And, you know, there's a lot of shame attached to cross-dressing. Most guys who do this feel really, really ashamed about it. But going back to the question, right, she says he's been cross-dressing for a month. Now, I'm assuming she's caught him doing it privately because I'm not assuming that one day, you know, I'm not going to come out and suddenly find Miles dressed as a woman about to walk out the door. That's probably not going to happen. He'd make a very pretty man, though, I have to say. Yes, he would. He would. So now the thing about getting erection for male clothes, I, I thought, did she mean female clothes? But then he wouldn't be shopping for female clothes. So I think he's just strongly linked clothes and sex. And I think even shopping for any type of clothes, he's probably thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if this was a dress or whatever? Now, this is going to be, I'd be interested to see what you say, but this is my take on it. Maybe because I've had a bit of experience with guys who are cross-dressers. I appreciate that she's upset. I don't think it's something that anybody particularly wants or expects. And it's a sexual secret and he's hiding a part of himself. But now she knows that it doesn't mean that he's gay. Does if he does it in private, he doesn't want her to participate. Is it such a deal breaker? Like, why is it a deal breaker if he's getting something from it? He'll be terribly ashamed about this. He will. Most men who cross-dress are doing it for a reason. They're getting something from it. It's, it's, it's calming them in some way. By banning it, I think banning it's really severe. It is not considered a disorder. There is no such thing as a cure. Is it any different, really, to him taking himself off and masturbating to porn? So instead of banning it, I would say to him, look, this comes as a bit of a shock. 
I'd really like to talk about where you think this all came from. I'm telling you now he's been doing it for more than a month because it, it usually happens early in childhood and continues. It very rarely starts later. And I'm going to try and accept it. And can we just give it a month and see how I feel? That's what I would do with it. Yeah, I think I think what she's saying, I, I think for most women, you would not, it's not the cross-dressing that's bothering her. It's what she thinks the cross-dressing means. Yeah, means that he's gay. He's not gay. Yeah. And I think too, it's this idea that you think you know somebody and you don't. And all of a sudden you feel this betrayal of like, wait a minute, what is, how long have you been doing this? Why are you doing this? Why have we never shared this? We've been married. So there's a sense of betrayal and confusion. And then I think ultimately for all of us, there's fear. So she's afraid right now. She's afraid mm. that he might be gay. He, she doesn't know him. What else secrets does he have? Can she live with it? Is their marriage going to last? So, I mean, my advice would be to get some help, to have a counselor, find a counselor, sit down and, you know, have a third person really help you have the hard conversations because to just have him promise he's never going to do it again and you have to then just swallow, no mm. pun intended, you have to just, you have to just let, let it go. And then you see him getting an erection when he's shopping. Like it's too much for us mm. to handle. We need help. We, we need help more soon. Yeah. It needs to be unpacked, doesn't it? It needs to be unpacked and you need to yeah. first sit down and go, do I love this man? And if you do, then you're going to take the time to figure out if this is something you can live with and if he needs it. And you just need a good counselor that goes, all right, let's just tell the truth and let's try to get to the bottom of this. It's really difficult though. I mean, because uh, what guy is going to, you know, when, when do you tell somebody something like that? When do you say, oh, and by the way, I'm your perfect partner, but I, I cross-dress. Yeah. Every marriage has secrets, I think, that are very deep. And that mm. I think every, I think that's part of being a human. Some things you just keep to yourself, either because you need to or you don't think that people would like them. I think that's one of the hardest parts about marriage is to have a good marriage, you have to pull back as many of those secrets as you can so everybody can feel seen completely. And then you make a decision, but that's tough. So mm. you heard what Tracy very said. Tough. You heard what I think about getting some help, but I wish you the best. That's always, it's always scary when you find out something that you didn't know. Makes you feel weird. And when I first dealt with um, my first experience with a guy, he wasn't somebody I was going out with, it was somebody I could have gone out with. And he rather interestingly decided <laughs> to expose himself in all sense of the world with a feather boa on and a full face of makeup when I wasn't expecting it. It was when I, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. And, and then... After a while, and then I did so many features on cross-dressers, I was like, oh, yeah, really? They're not cheating. They're not actually doing anything. And it kind of became more normalized for me. So, but I still, what would I do with Miles? I would never leave Miles because of something like that, ever. No, I, I well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, I would need to, I would have to really believe that what we were talking about was the truth and the whole truth. So if that's yeah. all it is, that he just likes to put on dresses... I would, I would, I would stay with it. But if it means that you've been getting blowjobs in a back alley, oh yeah, <laughs> while you've been dressed in a Lily Pulitzer dress, I'd have problems with that. Okay, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll have I to think, see how I it think, turns out. I think so, but that is the myth about it. So yeah. that's that's not usually the case. That's not okay. usually the case. All right, all right. Okay, last question. I'm 37 and my partner is 32. We love your podcast and enjoy sex, but we want to up the excitement level. We've started making a sex bucket list of all the things we'd like to try and wondered if you had any thoughts on which aren't, aren't worth wasting our time on and which are. First of all, good for you. Mm, I did that too fabulous. after Nate died. I was like, these are all the things I never thought I would do and I'm going to do them all. 
And I'm ticking them off one by one by one, I tell you, in the bedroom and in life. I want you to know. Yeah, I I love that. I think that we need, I've been talking to my married friends, we need to have more intention around what we want sexually. And if you never talked about it, which Tracy talks about it all day, no problem, but we don't have that world or we didn't grow up in that. So it's a new thing to be like, I want to go to Brazil. I want to go to Paris. I want to have anal sex. Like you just throw it right in there with travel, you know, it's like whatever it is. So... All just right. chuck it in there. So I think sex bucket list sounds so innocent, doesn't it? That you can, sure you could just say, and if you say, if you, I think also putting a list together with your partner when you're both in quite a good mood is a good way to feel out something. So say you did want to try anal sex and then they look at you, say anal sex, and then they look at you in absolute horror. You just go, just kidding, just kidding. But I was thinking about the most common things and what I think about them. Sex on the beach, overrated. Yeah. Overrated. Worse. Yeah, sand. Bad sand idea. Sand gets in everywhere. Sand inside vagina is never a good thing. The Mile High mm-hmm. Club. I had a funny story about this. When I was filming in New York and traveling between London and New York, they used to put me in. I used to travel so much, they would often upgrade me to first class and business class. Obviously. 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 Especially because of who I was, of course. Yes, exactly. Have you seen yourself? <laughs> I was there. in These were the days, it's about over 10 years ago, when it was mainly men. And I was there and I was watching Eminem's film, Eight Miles. Did you ever watch that? It's a yeah, really good sex scene. Yeah. I can't remember what the sex scene was. And I was a bit drunk because you'd get on a plane. And I was I, I reckon I played it 10 times. I just kept rewinding, playing it, rewinding, playing it, forgetting that I was in the aisle and other people could see what I was doing. Okay. And I Epical. went up to go to the loo and I turned around. All these men were just looking at me with this sort of like, hey, you want to meet me in the loo? <laughs> it's like there. someone needs something and I could help you. Anyway, I didn't meet them in the loo. But basically the Mile High Club normally is having sex in a very small, dirty toilet. And that's what it is. I think it's, if you want to have sex in the skies, play under a blanket. Very easy to do. And don't 100%. kiss while you're doing it. Look at the screen, pretend you're watching a movie and your hands could be getting up to all sorts. But sex in a loo on a plane, they are filthy places. No. <laughs> Threesome. Uh, I think if you're young and you're not in love, I think they're a fantastic experience. But I think if you're in love, they are generally a disaster, total disaster Mm -hmm. for all the reasons you think. Can't wait to be old and not in love and have one. (laughs) It's too old to have your first threesome. 50? Because that's where I'm headed. Yeah, no, never too old. Do 50-year-olds do things like that? Of course they do. Of course they do. Mm, Oh, my God. I don't know if I could handle that. Yes, you could. But do you want two men or a woman? If you were going to have one. I'm a a two-man person. I don't, I'm not into, I'm, most of my friends are are much more into women. I don't know why I'm not. Maybe because I don't have my numbers high enough with men to move (laughs) on to a woman. I'm just trying to get those numbers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could do a male, male, female thing. Jacuzzi, hot tub. We, I mean, hopefully everybody knows that they are a breeding ground for bacteria. Also, any sex in water, you think it's going to make lubrication better? It doesn't. It just dries everything up. So I'd cross those off car sex great when you're a teenager so far your list is shit no this is the thing the bad things this is the bad thing these are the things sorry i should have clarified that (laughs) these are the things that aren't worth it so sex on a beach no mile high club no threesome no jacuzzi no car sex no sex in a lift no I don't think so. Why? Because you get caught. Because it's really oh. like you in the old days you used to be able to jam lifts, but you can't anymore. Yeah. They won't let you. Okay. So if you are gonna do it, just keep your you know, like you can get away with a lot in a lift. You put your back to the camera, but yeah. a lift is an elevator for a right, A lift is an elevator. Food, sex, oily, spicy foods, often disaster. 
anal sex. Disaster. No one's prepared. You've got it. There is a right and a wrong way. You've got to prepare for it. You just can't go like diving on in there because it's going to be a disaster. Good things, I would say. Role play. Mm-hmm. Some people like it. Some people hate it. Tie up. I love a tie up. I think watching something erotic together, being sex slaves for each other. It's another good one. Okay. Blindfolds, spanking. What else have I got? Yep, on there? Yep. Trying new sex toys, sharing fantasies. They're all my yeses. The others are the noes. Yeah, I, I think all the things that you said yes are really worth trying. I think anything that causes pressure, anything that gives you a different sensation. So tying up or a light choke, some type of switch if someone's in control, someone's not. Yeah. Music. Lots of music for me. Power games. Power games are really good. That's what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. Hotel rooms are really good. Yeah. Get out of your spot. You guys are young. You probably don't have kids, so you can do it. But yeah, I mean, I think go into it with a, an intention of fun. And like, we are just going to, we're going to try some things and we can, we trust each other. Man, when you trust somebody that you're having sex with, it's so fun. Mm. Because then you can try stuff and you don't feel weird. Yeah, but they want to make a list. Oh, you know what I did do once? I And it sort of appalled some people. I wrote about it in my Mail Online column and I got quite a few people saying, what is wrong with you? Sex on a grave. You you did that? Mm. You're the weirdest person I've ever met. I was I was young though, very, very, very I don't care young. how old you were. This has changed everything. Sorry, everyone. I'll be taking over the show. Why? Why? Because what? the guy name? was the vicar's what? son, right? And it Wait. just happened. We didn't know. It wasn't full sex. It wasn't intercourse. It wasn't that disrespectful. It was just, just making out. Making out. You're... So not, yeah, I've, I've back, 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 tread, what was it called? Backpedal. Backfired. Yeah, no, it wasn't full sex anyway, but it was making out. And I, I thought it was kind of sexy in a graveyard. Of course you did because you're crazy. <laughs> That's, that's well, a lot, not, but maybe not that you know what? Way. Sex in a public place? That can be good. I would do that. Mm. I would do that. I would have sex like in a in a restaurant bathroom mm. that was like clean and big. Yeah. Sex at a party. Like, you know, like the, the nice ones. Sex at a party would be good. Yeah. That'd be good. So that's at least 10 things that are good and about seven things that are bad. Oh, and I would say also things that are overrated is really athletic, show-offy positions. You can never trust in them. You can't thrust and you get a cramp in the back of your butt. You know, yeah. when you like put your legs up too high, then all of a sudden you get a Charlie horse. <laughs> I don't know what Charlie horse is. Charlie horse is like a tight muscle. Like oh. you get like a, all of a sudden your muscle tightens. Oh, like a cramp. Yeah. Like your legs are in the air, air and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I got to get out of this quick. Yeah. I'm going to be stuck. I've never heard it called yeah. a Charlie horse though. <laughs> that's, I think that's an American thing. Right. Just like a lift, you know, in, in America, a lift is like an Uber. Yeah. Right. Okay. A lift is like a car transportation. Yeah, yeah, a car ride, yeah, yeah, right. a journey. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a lift yeah. from my friend. Yeah, I did know that. No, 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 it's an actual company. Oh, yeah, I know, L-Y-F-T. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, you get them. I think we've got them here as well. But don't you call... This is a transportation podcast. Thank you. <laughs> yes, for and we're going to be talking next week about buses and trains. So that would be very much... <laughs> having sex important. on trains. All right, well, tell us what you think of the list. And then also good luck for the woman who's trying to figure out the cross-dressing. Do write back Mm. because that's a hard one. It is a hard one. Yep. Okay. Okay. Next week. Anything else? No, that's it. Sex on a train. We could add that to the list. (laughs) Sex on a what? Train. train? Yeah. I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. I'll try that this summer. Okay. All right. Thanks everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextoppod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K 
tracypod.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.